What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, I'm going to talk about the GameStop short squeeze and why I invest in real estate and not the stock market now. That's where I diversify. I diversify through real estate, and I'm almost completely out of the stock market. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody. I'm going to talk about one of my favorite uh, topics today, money. And not just raising money, but I'm going to be talking about the stock market. And a lot, a lot of you don't know that I was a stock market investor for a long time. I invested in index funds. Even before that, I would trade stocks. I was uh, in brokerage accounts and things like that. And then I moved into index funds and I got really, really deep into index fund investing and just uh, buying, just dollar cost averaging, continue to buy in my IRA, my 401k, my personal taxable income, all that stuff. And that was before I found real estate. And I spent a lot of time doing that and learning about it and digging into it. And I knew that I couldn't beat the market. I knew that um, trying to time the market, beat the market, all that stuff is a fool's errand. And I wasn't very good at it. Uh, as much as I read and studied and dove in, I just, I couldn't beat the index. And so I became an index fund investor and that was, I went very deep into that. And so I have some background in understanding the stock market, how it works, things like that. I was into some options and things like that at some point, um, short selling, uh, all, all kinds of stuff, right? Um, and so I want to talk about GameStop today because it's interesting. And in 2008, I followed the Volkswagen short squeeze. So there's a short squeeze on GameStop. It's kind of the technical term that a lot of people talk about it, and I'll, I'll explain it a little bit, not in real deep detail. But a short squeeze happened in 2008, I remember, in Volkswagen. It was a longer term kind of short squeeze. And what happened... <clears throat> if I remember right, was Porsche was trying to get a bigger position on the board for Volkswagen. And they were buying lots of uh, stocks in, in Volkswagen. They were actually, uh, they, they, were, they were buying more shares in Volkswagen. And this drove the, the market price up. And then people started uh, shorting Volkswagen a lot like what happened here because Volkswagen was likely overvalued. And the government owned a lot of stock, Porsche owned a lot of stock, and there wasn't a lot to be traded. So the price went up and up and up. And if I remember right, I feel like in 2008, around that time, maybe 2009, Volkswagen was the most, um, uh, most highly valued auto, automobile dealer in the world at that time because of their stock price. And that year, it was either 2008 or 2009, Porsche made more money on Volkswagen stock than they did selling cars that year. And so it was interesting to kind of watch that. And then the price went back down. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff that happened with Volkswagen after that. But I remember watching that and saying, what's going on here? I don't understand it. And now uh, I remember, I don't watch a lot of news. I don't watch any of this stuff. And to see games, uh, GameStop go through all this, it was interesting to watch that and how fast it happened, right? So real quick, if you don't know what happened and you don't, didn't see it on social media, didn't really read about it, the short squeeze effectively... Um, 140% or so of GameStop's, GameStop's stock was shorted. And what you can do to short a stock is you can actually borrow shares. 
and short a stock. So that's how it can go under a, over 100%. So what happens is these, in, in Reddit is an online blogger, blog area. There's a lot of people that were talking about, like the little guys, like mom and pop folks that were like, hey, this, this is overvalued or, or this is extremely shorted. We know that this company is having problems and issues, but what if we figure out how to try to drive the price up? And then what those people have to do is they have to start, um, they have to start covering their positions. So let's say I borrowed some stock at, at $50 a share, right? And then the price goes, goes down to $40 a share. And then that's how I make, that is how I make money. I'm, I'm betting that the price is going to go down. If the price goes up, it might be okay if it's a short period of time, but if it goes up too high, then I'm going to, I'm going to get a call on my, on my stock short and on my borrowed position. Right. And then I'm going to have to figure out how to come up with those shares that I don't already have. So I actually have to buy the shares at a higher price. So if you think about GameStop, what happened was the people inside the community, they started buying all these shares and driving the price up and, and talking about, talking about that, sharing how it is undervalued and how it's got all these great things that are happening and, and stuff. And the price starts going up. Right. And so what happens then is the folks that are shorting the stock, they actually buy more of the stock. They got to buy the stock. So if I shorted it at 50, the stock goes up to 60 now. And I, I think that it's going to continue to go up. I start getting worried or my positions get called. I got to buy the stock at 60 to pay, to, to pay off the borrowed stock that I had before. So now when I start doing that, what happens is it drives the price up even more. And so that's what happened. And it's like this exponential rise in GameStop, GameStop's stock from... I, I don't know where it was, like $17 a share or something like $17.25 to over $500. And so then what, here's what happens then. And the reason I'm telling this story is because I want to show you what can happen in the volatility in the market and investing in the market versus investing in real estate. So what happens then is these, these smaller folks, mom and pops, right? Like, like you and me, we go, oh, I want to get in on this, right? And I'm going to buy stock at 200 and it's going to go up to 500. Or I'm going to buy the stock at 300 because it's going to continue to go up. Because the short, we, even though we knew the short squeeze was happening, it's still driving the price up. And what happens is then they get more publicity, more, more news, more press. And of course, it starts to keep driving the price up because now people are buying it. They're like, I'm going to ride this wave. And then what happens is the stock comes crashing down and it's a transfer of money. So all the hedge funds that people are trying to screw over, I hope most likely they got rid of their position. Maybe from 1725, they got rid of it at 100. And so if they bought the stock at 100, sold it back, they got rid of their position, they closed their position completely on GameStop. Everybody that bought from 100 to 500 to keep driving that price up had a position in GameStop and likely wasn't the hedge fund that people were trying to screw over in this short squeeze. And so from then on, now it's people like you and me that are buying the stock and watching it and then it comes crashing down, right? It loses 200% value in a day, 150, whatever. Now it's down $50 or less than $50 and is up at 500. And $27 billion gets transferred inside of the stock market from somebody to somebody else. And that wasn't all hedge fund money, I can tell you that right now. There's people like you and me that got caught on the bad end of this, but there's also a lot of people that got rich, right? All the people in Reddit that driving the price up that maybe bought it at $17.25 or $25 and sold it at $300, $400, $500. Those people are getting really rich. But it's just a transfer of wealth from one person to another. And the other things that happen, so there's market manipulation that's going on right here, right? And if anybody else was doing it, except for bloggers inside of Reddit, if the little guy beating up on the big guy, if it was the other way around, everybody would be freaking out. And then also they're halting the to trading. Like they're stopping trading. They stopped trading a ton 
not just like the fact that Robinhood stopped taking um, taking positions in GameStop. I'm talking about the, the Wall Street stopping trading, saying, "Hey, this is going this is going too fast. I'm halting trading." Like, how is that fair? It's like we, we don't like the way an auction is going on a real estate property. Like that, that's it. Shut down. Shut down. I don't, I don't like where it's going. I want to control this a little bit better. Let's find out what's happening. So, all of this stuff, like there's there's a hedge, right? So you've got to have some way to hedge your bet. And so what the hedge funds do is they're, they're in lots of different positions, right? So yeah, this one blew up. Maybe they lost $3 billion. <laughs> Maybe they lost a couple hundred million, but they're doing the same thing on smaller positions in other stocks, right? So we probably didn't crush them that as much as they think they did. But what happens is you've got to have, for me, like I like diversification. And so if somebody's putting all their money into GameStop, trying to ride this wave, losing their, losing their money, they, they may, you may make money, lose money, and it averages out over time. But the problem is, like, you can't control that. Like, we didn't control that. If you got in at 200 and now it's at 50, there's a lot of people that, are, that, are having, that didn't get on the upside and the good wave. You cannot time this market. I'm just leaving it at that. So what is your game plan for investing? Like, how do you invest? There's plenty of people that are in real estate that have also invested in the stock market. That's fine. That was me for a long time. Um, what I realized was my skill set is a lot better in things that I can control and things that I can manage and other p- things that I know. Asset classes that are hard fixed assets and not a company that can go bankrupt like Enron. And that seemed to be really great, but next thing you know, valueless. Zero, right? All the money's gone. And so... My recommendation to you guys is to figure out what you do and where you put your money. And I like putting my money into areas that somebody can't halt the trading, somebody can't um, manipulate the market, somebody can't do that stuff. And so for us, sure, we have to watch the market, buying, selling, things like that. But it's a lot easier to look at, especially in microclimates like the areas that we're in, to determine where the value is. So if you're just interested in getting in real estate or you're just starting to get into real estate, as what happened with me was I started diverse, I was diversified inside of the market, the stock market. And then I started moving some of my money and assets over to real estate. And then I would slowly start like mixing and diversifying through the stock market and real estate. And then eventually I moved my IRAs, my 401ks, all that stuff over to real estate. And now what I do personally, and this is not a recommendation for you, but now what I do personally is I diversify inside of real estate in other asset classes and other areas that might go up and down depending on how the market goes. So I can tell you right now, when apartment building and apartment complex in a really nice area starts seeing vacancy, a mobile home park is gonna increase in vacancy. There's really nowhere to go from a mobile home park other than being homeless. So mobile home parks, storage units, um, mixed commercial, there's office space, there's house flipping, wholesaling, all of this stuff. But there's an active side of real estate and a passive side of real estate. and so. What I love to do, and I, what I really encourage you guys to do, is to take your active money, your flipping and wholesaling income, and look and figure out where you're going to put that on the passive side. Don't put it all back into your business. Don't put everything under one, one roof, right? And make sure that you're mixing up that, those, the diversifying inside of real estate if you're all in real estate. And if you're all in the stock market, I would encourage you to come over to real estate and check it out. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably already are, or you're thinking about it. But what I started doing when I was making money flipping houses and wholesaling houses, what I took some and I put it into apartment buildings as a limited partner. And I very slowly started diversifying there. Then I started diversifying into a storage unit down in Florida. 
And then I started diversifying into other people's syndications and kind of mixing it up a little bit. And now I have some active income from this, this um, seven-figure flipping company. I have some active income from my house flipping and wholesaling business. And then I have passive income that comes in from the commercial buildings and things like that. And then I also do loans to house flippers, wholesalers, short-term lending, things like that, that also bring in some income in through real estate. So, and I'm also diversifying into areas and different operators so that I know that I'm kind of in some other areas. And if single family houses go down, that's okay. My commercial stuff is going to go up. So you can diversify in different asset classes. You can diversify in different types of investments. Like uh, I'm not into cryptocurrency, but cryptocurrency is a big thing that people are talking about to diversify into, right? And gold, uh, silver, all these different things are diversification for your investment. So anyway, I wanted to share that with you because I wanted to explain a little bit about these sh the short squeeze that happened and then kind of tie it into just the volatility that happens with the stock market. And I'm not going to completely bash the stock market, but I just, I'm just done with it. Like I, I'm done with it personally. And it's frustrating for me to, to, for me to watch almost $30 billion trade hands in like a few weeks. And I know that people lost their shorts there. And a lot of people that are probably, um, uh, probably not talking about it because they're embarrassed, they're disappointed, things like that. And it wasn't just hedge, fund, hedge funds that lost money. And there's a lot of people that made a lot of money off of that. And that's, I, but it's market manipulation, like through and through. And I, I think that whether it's done that way or it's done the other way from the little guy to the big guy or the big guy to the little guy, I think it should be illegal. And um, yeah, I don't know, my thoughts. It's really like insider trading, controlling market. I mean, it's not defined as insider trading, but it was definitely a group of people manipulating the price of a stock that you know there's no value. And how many different companies out there do you think that are overvalued right now? So that's my take. Um, hopefully it's helpful. And uh, if, you guys, <laughs> if you guys are interested in getting to invest, if you want to invest in real estate, you want to get started, I've been talking about it a lot, but you can check out our Seven Figure Academy. You can go to sevenfigureflipping.com slash academy and check it out. I'll uh, see you guys on the next podcast. I promise we'll get back to real estate on the next one. See you. What if you could raise $500,000 of private capital in the next 30 days to fund your real estate deals? How would that change your business? How would that change your life? I've put together a 30-day challenge that will walk you through how to get access to all the private funding you'll ever need at incredibly low interest rates on your terms when you need it. It's called the 500K Challenge. This is the same system I've used to raise over $15 million the past few years. And you're not just going to learn how to raise it. You're going to actually start finding this money yourself within the next 30 days as you go through the challenge. This is the single most important skill any real estate investor needs to have, whether you're flipping houses, buying multifamily properties, wholesaling, or anything else. Jump in and start raising private money now at 500kchallenge.com. I'll see you guys on the inside.